Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody, it is Friday, December 15th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter space. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. What is going on, everybody? I am Mike Heck. Hope you're all having a fantastic week. We are on the eve of UFC 296, and a lot has happened. In regards to UFC 296, since we last spoke, we did not have a show yesterday because of everything going on. We did the show Tuesday. We did a BTL Q&A edition yesterday, myself and Jed and Casey, but we're back today. And since we last spoke, UFC 296 looks a tad different. We lost the Randy Brown-Muslim Salikoff fight. We also lost Ian Machado-Gary. Pneumonia, he is out of his fight with Vicente Luque. People just ripping this kid to shreds. And it's been a wild month for Ian Machado Gary, that is for sure. It all started on Wednesday, did not show up to media day. People had their own speculations. Jesse on fire, uh, who produces content for YouTube, uh, actually broke the news on Twitter that Ian may be out of the fight and Chael Sonnen released a video, a little short clip on his YouTube channel saying that Ian was out. And then shortly thereafter that Dana White confirmed it himself. So tough loss. That was a fight I was really looking forward to. That was a fight by the time we got to Saturday, if Ian had done media day and did the press conference, I actually think that would have been the fight. Everybody was going to be talking about more so than even the main event, If we're being honest. For, for a number of reasons. And now it's no longer happening. Ian just getting clobbered left and right. I mean, the, the dude's sick. I mean, what, what, what do you want? I mean, we got to take Dana and the UFC at their word. We don't do that often. But when it comes to stuff like this, uh, and if Ariel's coming out and, and reporting things after conversations with him, Ariel isn't wrong. So he's not just going to throw things out there willy-nilly. So... It sucks. We'll see what happens. But as Jed pointed out on BTL, if there's a card where we can lose a fight or two, even like a big one, it's this card because it's so ridiculous. We got Edwards versus Covington, which we'll get into in a second. We got Pantoja versus Royval, which nobody's talking about, but is going to be the best fight on the card, in my opinion. Uh, it's the intercontinental title fight, if you will. 
that fight's going to rule. They were super respectful at the press conference, as you expect both guys to be. And that fight's going to be incredible for as long as it lasts. We do have Shafkat Rachmanov versus Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Divisional stakes galore in that one, depending on how it all plays out. And then the fight that was super polarizing when it was announced and then kind of fizzled out with all the Ian Machado-Gary drama. Patty Pimblett and Tony Ferguson, they ramped up pretty significantly at the press conference. And I feel like after they, they face off one final time today, I feel like this could be the fight everybody's going to be talking about and, and thinking about even more so than the main event. So a lot going on. We did have the press conference yesterday, which normally I, I try not to watch them live because more oftentimes than not, and it's tough with these press conferences because you can't have it both ways. There's really no middle ground for the most part. It's either just super ridiculous or it's like UFC 295 where it was so boring it, it, to some degree. Like there's nothing that happened and you kind of want to hit that middle ground. Yesterday's press conference was certainly not what UFC 295's was. Colby Covington, that outfit, I mean, Jesus Christ, unbelievable. And I don't know if that's a good unbelievable or – I mean, look, if, you, if you're trying to steal headlines, you, you certainly did. And, you know, Colby just kind of went after everybody, goes after Wonder Boy of all people. And Wonder Boy, I think, actually did the best job probably I've ever seen when it comes to Colby because he just kind of played along with it. He just kind of no-show – kind of like no-sold it, fired back at him. And Colby said some ridiculous things about him. And his dad and, and the karate band and all that crap. Um, and Wonderboy just kind of like played it off. And, and Colby just kind of left a bit, let him be. I think Wonderboy kind of painted the picture on how you just kind of subdue and verbally unarm Colby to some extent. But not everybody learned that lesson because it just kind of got worse. Him, him and Tony Ferguson's back and forth was one of the most psychologically fascinating things I've ever seen in my life. Because it went from, you're a bitch, you've lost six in a row, F you, all this stuff, to go America. Let's beat these English people. Like, it, and they became like, fre like instant friends after like screaming, upset at each other. It was just so weird and fascinating at the same time. And then him and Leon kind of got after it a little bit. Colby taking shots at Ian Machado Gary. Le even Leon kind of laughed at some of the, the early things that he said. And then things got dark. Um, we saw Colby, sometimes he sort of stumbles on his words. He gets a little frustrated. And then he kind of goes to his, his kind of ace in the hole. And I think the whole line of, because it's just so it was so weird and i was driving so i had i had the the audio going through my bluetooth on the way back from the jake paul weigh-ins back to my parents house and i heard the line and i almost had to pull the car over because him and leon are going back and forth so he's got to send leon to the seventh layer of hair uh and then it became seventh layer of hell and then he basically said and i'm just paraphrasing this because it was so bad he said that 
you know, you go say hi to your dad in there. And of course, Leon reacted, threw a bottle at Colby. Things got a little heated. And boy, that was tough, man. That was tough. And even as a guy who has come on this program and has come on other programs, I've had a relationship with Colby for years. Talked to him even before he was in the UFC. Talked to him when he started off in the UFC, when he was having a hard time getting ranked fights, all sorts of craziness. Um, but the last like few years kind of been up and down because Colby sometimes like, look, sometimes you say things and you do things in the news. And when you work for a website like this, people are going to write stuff up about it. People on the website are going to have opinions about things like maybe Colby doesn't deserve a title shot or he has to beat a ranked dude in a long time. He's only got a win over like one active fighter on the roster. Like these are all real things. These are all real things, but because those are out there, like I get blamed for them, uh, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Uh, we know why Colby's getting this title shot at the end of the day. I've never really kind of stood against that, but man, Colby said some really pr shitty things, and I thought this was pretty bad. And I know there are people out there who are like, oh, you know, it's fight promotion or don't watch and all that. That's your opinion, and I could have mine. I could have mine. That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. I totally understand why Leon reacted the way that he did. It was just tough scenes. It was tough scenes. And then Tony and Pat again after. It was just... There's like a, a perfect line of chaos for these press conferences. This one went way over it. And I know some people really enjoyed it. There were parts of it that I liked. And there was parts of it that I thought sucked. But... This is what you get with Colby. You just never know. He's unpredictable. And I thought for the most part, outside of, I didn't really love the Wonder Boy stuff, but I kind of loved what Wonder Boy did to kind of disarm him. Did not like the Leon line there. And then Colby just had his shtick. And I thought there were certain times where Colby actually did pretty well. But man, that line was 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 too much. And I am super curious to kind of figure out how that affects this fight. Will Leon remain calm, cool, collected? Or will Leon just have rage in his body when it comes to Colby? When he sees this man in the octagon, he gets to put hands on him. Is it going to change the way he approaches it? Super curious. But I think, I think Col I th just knowing Colby the way I do, uh, I did not see that line coming. I think in his eyes, he won because he got Leon to react the way that he did. Now, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing for him, but he did get Leon to react and, and bite. For the most part, Leon wasn't really reacting. He was kind of shrugging him off, but that line sent him over the edge a little bit. I don't blame him, but pretty uncharacteristic of, of Leon. So I think in Colby's eyes, he, he accomplished what he wanted to. As dark as it was, he did what he wanted to do. So that's my take on it. Let's talk 296. Look, it is free-for-all Friday. I get it. Um, I mean, we can talk about whatever the hell you guys want. But I assume most of it's going to be about 296. We've got a lot of people lined up. Uh, let's kind of keep these rapid fire today because I have a feeling a lot of people are going to have opinions on different things when it comes to 296. So uh, let's try to keep these kind of short and sweet if we can. So let's go to Lee to kick us off. Lee, what's up, man? What's up, Mike? Heck of a morning to you. You too, my friend. <laughs> hey, so I've been thinking, one, I'm going for Leon for 296. 
But Dana's been, you know, teasing a super fight. What if you took the BMF title and put it on the line? Because Jesse, Jesse's not going to say no to a Kobe fight. And you, then you, 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 t- you have the welterweight title and the BMF title, same night, UFC 300. Um, well, do you think that's even a possibility? I know Kobe will have to win, but I just think that would be like a crazy fight and two titles, a BMF, welterweight title. Um, then all the storylines, you can go from there. But, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Heck of a morning to you, Mike. Do, do Kobe and Gaethje? Yeah, two, one, 170, both belts. Damn. Interesting. Um, I mean, I don't think Gaethje would be opposed to that. But, man, can you imagine – jeez. Can you imagine how Bilal Muhammad would react to that? <laughs> if, not only would he get skipped over, but he gets skipped over by a lightweight. And I understand that's like, he's the BMF champion. I know he's super exciting and all that. But, like, boy, that would be that, – that's a tough one. I mean, that would be the most poor Bilal thing that could possibly happen. Unless, like, Dustin Poirier gets the Colby fight instead and fights for the welterweight title who's coming off of a knockout loss, which, by the way, if you've been following the sport for a long time, not out of the realm of possibility if the UFC thinks they can sell this fight. So I don't think they'll go that route. If they did, it would be super weird and oddly fascinating because Colby's not a big welterweight. He's not. He doesn't really cut a ton of weight. It seemed like listening to him at the media day and even at points of the press conference, I was like, he sounds a little like dry mouthed, which is not typical for him. So I don't know if he just like lifted a lot of weights and put on some extra size and maybe the cut was a little more strenuous this time around, but Colby's talked about moving down to 155 a bunch thinks he can make it without issue. So I don't know, maybe you do it at one. I don't know. I don't know how that would, that would play out, but I don't think they'll go that route. And again, we talked about this on BTL yesterday. We've talked about it on this show. Like, what is a super fight? Like, what is actually a super fight now? Champion versus champion to me is not a super fight anymore because we've seen it a million times now. We've seen it twice this year where a champion moves up and fights for a second belt. Twice this year. This used to be a unicorn. It'd be like the Olympics. Every four years, we'd get a champ versus champ fight. And now it's like... Every year we get at least one, sometimes multiple. And you know what You know what team I'm on. I'm on team, stay in your division and run off a bunch of title defenses. Like, I, I, even, I was kind of half-joking when I said this on BTL yesterday. Volkanovski versus Taporia, like, might actually be what a super fight is in 2023. Because it's the champion of their division fighting the true, legit number one contender. Like, the next guy up. That is so rare now. That is incredibly rare. But is a super fight in 2023 just big names? Like, one of the fights I threw out, someone brought up on the show a couple weeks back. Like, what if they did GSP versus Anderson Silva? Like, is that a super fight? It'd be kind of, like, way too late for it. But nostalgia-wise, it'd be kind of interesting. I don't think the fight would be all that compelling once it actually plays out, but like, I don't, I, I don't know what it could be. Honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea, but to answer your question, I don't think we're getting uh, Leon versus Gagey, but 
that'd be super weird if we did get it and sometimes weird is good uh let's go to average avenues go ahead sir hello it has what's on your mind i just want to talk about um the Cody Garbrandt, Brian Kelleher fight. And I'm interested in just hear your take on what Cody's approach is going to be because, like last time, he was sort of a bit, um, a bit patient, also a bit sort of timid. I thought to timid, like a bit afraid to get hit. And I just like Brian Kelleher is kind of like a baller, so I was kind of curious on what you think his approach might be. Um. It's a good question. I because I don't know. Cody's been his career has been so weird. Comes into the UFC, is undefeated. He's knocking dudes out. Has one of the all-time great championship performances against Dominic Cruz, and then just gets just gets wrecked by TJ Dillashaw on multiple occasions. Loses a bunch of fights, goes down to 25, gets knocked out again. Rob Font pieces him up. He's just losing fights left and right. Then he gets Trevin Jones, which, look, all, all respect to Trevin Jones. But we, we saw the match and we're like, all right, we know what the UFC is trying to do. They're trying to get this guy a win. And that was not a fight that anybody's going to go back and watch again. It was not very good. So I am curious how this fight's going to play out. If I'm Brian Kelleher, I'm coming out swinging for the fences. Like, just come out and shuck him and just see how Cody reacts to it. Because he could, like, if he, like, I know Kelleher is more known for the submission threat than the knockout threat. But Cody, man, Cody's chin has been sus for a while. It's just what happens in this game. You get cracked a bunch, get knocked out a bunch. Things start to go. You get a little bit older, things start to go. And I'm not saying this to like shit on Cody. It's just the way of the beast. But if I'm Kelleher, man, just come out chucking him and see if you can land something. And what a story would be. I feel like not enough is being made about Kelleher in this fight. This dude had his career almost ended with the neck injury that he had. Somehow he defied the odds and. Long layoff, he's coming back, and he's getting a chance to fight a former champion. Like, what a friggin' moment it would be for him if after everything he's gone through, he comes back and beats Cody. He goes out there and finishes him? Holy shit. That would be an incredible story. So it's a good fight. I, I kind of thought, we were talking about the B, on BTL yesterday, I kind of thought they would move that one up to the main card. And not the Emmett Bryce Mitchell fight. I get honestly, obviously, I understand why they bumped that one up, but I think I thought maybe the UFC would be like, nah. I don't know if we want to like do the final ESPN prelim with Cody again because they tried that with the Jones fight and the fight wasn't good. So I assume that's what's going to be the the featured prelim. I haven't looked at the updated card, but yeah, it's it's an interesting fight. I I think Cody I don't think Cody's going to come out as as patient as as he as he did last time. I think he's going to come out not reckless, but I think he's going to come out more aggressively. But if I'm Kelleher, I'm matching that. I'm matching that or I'm trying to be as aggressive as I possibly could be.
Uh, let's go to Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey, Mike. How you doing today? Good. Good. Good to hear. Uh, I have uh, two things. One question, and then just a comment. Uh, something I see like a ton of MMA fans commenting, whether it's um, on here or the website or YouTube. Uh, I, I'm so sick of people saying Colby's like funny or a good trash talker. Um, obviously, the dad stuff everyone knows that's crossed the line. But I, I forget if it was Jed or um, CB who said it on no bar uh no bets barred said it best he is like a like a fake chael sonnen he's like a worse chael sonnen like a kmart version of a chael sonnen and i i'm really just so sick of him getting like any fandom and i had to just get that off my chest it he truly just just irks me so much for someone who's just doesn't evolve in any sense of the game whether it's his same mike skills that he had uh in 2017 or even now and his fighting game's pretty much the same but once I get that off, uh, my question to you is, who do you think um, Patty would necessarily go for after the Tony fight if he wins? Um, it just seemed like he's not getting as much attention as usual. Like, I'd be curious to see if your numbers are the same on MMA fighting for him as they were before. It it just seems like he's lost, kind of like Hamza, like lost a lot of his run he had there. So I'm just kind of curious um, your thoughts on Patty's uh, popularity there and then kind of where he would go. Um, if he sadly does beat Tony. Thanks, Mike. Have a great weekend. Yeah, it's weird. Patty had a lot of buzz, whether positive or negative, coming off of that Jared Gordon fight. And then just being out for a year really sucked for him. It really uh, knocked some momentum down. But like I said on BTL, Ian, Ian Gary getting sick, as, as tough as that is, and, and getting pneumonia, probably the best thing that could have happened for Patty because – I, no one was talking about that fight. Nobody was talking, like, when it was booked, and then for, like, a couple of weeks, like, that's all anybody could talk about. And then the Ian Gary drama started, and that's all anybody could talk about. And it's like people weren't talking about this fight at all. And it, it was more, wasn't even about Patty. It was more about Tony and the whole David Goggins held week and how these two guys got together and all of that. Like, that's what the story became. Patty was, like, out of the equation altogether. But he's going to be back on Saturday. I'll tell you what, man. I, I was – there's a part of me that was just kind of – not, not hoping for it, but just thinking like Patty should just go into this fight full heel and just be like, I'm going to retire this dude the whole way. He hasn't really done that, but Tony kind of pissed him off at the press conference and he had some things to say and I think he riled some people up, so I think – some of that momentum comes back. And like I said, once these two guys face off for the final time today, I think this will be the one everybody's talking about. Like this will be the, the Sean Strickland, Alex Pereira fight from that international fight. week card that kind of stole all the headlines by the time we got to Saturday. And I think that's, what's going to happen here, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. It's Patty's been right about this the whole way. That it's kind of a lose-lose for him. But after all the trash talk and everything here, I kind of think he just has to... If he beats Tony by decision, he gains nothing from this. Like, he really doesn't. But if he just goes out and wrecks Tony, I think he does gain a little something. As far as matchups go, I mean, geez. Because obviously, I mean, if he goes out there... And and beats Tony, the UFC is going to give him something. But, like, I'm just trying to look at what's available. 
Do they give him a Dan Hooker? I think they give him a name. Like they they ain't gonna throw him in there with Jalen Turner. I can tell you that right now. There's no friggin' way they're gonna do that. They're certainly not gonna throw him in there with Benoit Saint Denis because that fight is gonna go super bad for him. Do they do Dariush? Do they give him to Dariush and just be like, hey, let's see how you let's see how it goes, and just kind of hope that maybe Patty can just kind of build upon that negative momentum for Dariush. Could that maybe they go that route? I'm just kind of looking. I mean, they could do like a Bobby Green, maybe. It would be a name. But a fight that's probably somewhat winnable. So I would say it's I would say Darius Hooker. Patty and Hooker would actually be super interesting because of how durable both those guys are. But it's going to be something like that. Or Bobby Green. So probably like one of those three guys. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's go to Four Ounce Sniper. What's up, Four Ounce Sniper? Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, heck of a morning. Uh, I, I don't think I ever got to hop on the show and ask you your thoughts on Tony trading with uh, David Goggins. Uh, it seems like David Goggins would be the type of guy you need in your corner if you're trying to, you know, build that mentality, uh, become mentally stronger. Um, and I don't know if that's what Tony needed, I guess, for this fight camp. So I wanted to know, do you think Goggins being in his corner is actually going to help him? Or do you think it's just a matter of time before Tony is, you know, just done and out of the sport? I don't know. So I, talk, I talked about this a, a couple weeks back when, when all this started. And 
I'm basically just kind of on the same stance as I'm on right now as I was back then, where it's like, if there's one guy in the UFC where I'm like, this guy probably doesn't need to trade with David Goggins and go through hell week. It's, it's Tony. Tony's cardio has never been an issue. The dude trains like a friggin' absolute insane person anyways. And he's just not, he's just so not your typical MMA fighter when it comes to preparation and working out and all that. So maybe there's like a part of him that was just like, I gotta make, I gotta take this to a different level, which for Tony, this is probably the only thing that he could do really. But, but, but on the other side, my whole thing was it couldn't hurt. Like it, I don't think this hurts him at all. I don't know if it makes him better, but I don't think it makes him worse. If that makes sense. I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. Who knows? Maybe who knows if Tony just goes out there, just ethers, Patty Pimblet, everyone's going to want friggin' David Goggins coaching them or putting them through hell week. I'll tell you that right now, David Goggins will get like a nomination. He'll, David Goggins will be in the trainer of the year nominations for the 2024 World MMA Awards if Tony Ferguson beats Patty Pimlet. I fucking guarantee it. Guarantee it that David Goggins will be on the trainer of the year nominee list if Tony wins this fight. Not coach of the year, but trainer of the year. Guarantee it. But we'll see. Let's go to Cole. Good morning, Mike. What's up, Heck Cole? Good morning. Morning. Uh, yeah, more on that, like how Jed would describe Colby as like a chael who's kind of just like not really in on the joke, like without the nudge, nudge. I thought, like, did you not think when he delivered that that Thompson line? I don't. That was pretty good. Like as far as like him being in on it, him kind of joking about. I mean, I didn't think he was like being like, "Oh, you're you're an absolute pedophile." I thought he was laughing about it. I thought it was good the fact that thompson laughed it off too i fucking popped for that that was that was big but um yeah my other question that was already taken i know you've been talking for months about like how patty is going to approach this press conference is he going to be the respectful young guy against the vet but i think he actually just played it perfectly like he kind of sat back during the press conference and waited for tony to kind of take a dig at him and then went i thought that was pretty good but um yeah, what's your biggest – what do you think the biggest narrative today on the scales is going to be this morning? Biggest narrative on the scales. So while I'm thinking about that, look, I I, I don't know. The whole calm I – mean, the, the whole – I don't know. The whole thing with Wonder Boy I thought was not shocked that Colby went there. Um, I think he's gone there before when I've talked to him. I still, I mean, it, I still didn't love it. Um, but again, I thought they kind of went back and forth pretty good. And then Colby was just like, all right, man, I ain't getting anything out of this guy. And I think that's how kind of how you have to approach him. You just have to laugh it off. You just have to laugh it off. And that's, that's what Wonder Boy did. So, uh, and they moved on, which is even better. You know, this wasn't a whole thing for 30 minutes. So, I didn't love it, but if it's going to happen, you do it for 30 seconds, and then we move on with our lives. And it's not like the entire press conference. Narrative on the scale. Um, 
I don't know if there's going to be really much to it. Like, I don't know if I look at any of these fighters and I'm like, they're going to miss. Maybe Bryce, but Bryce doesn't seem like a guy who gets out of shape all that often. I don't know. I think it's probably going to have to do with the main event, though. I'm curious to see what Colby looks like. See if you put on a little bit of muscle. I think Leon's going to look gigantic. So I think it's probably going to have to do with that with the main event. But like I, you look up and down the card, and there's I don't really see anybody that stands out that I'm like, ooh, I, they might not make it. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go with the low hanging fruit and just go with uh, the main event. Uh, Timmy, go ahead. Jimmy. Uh, try again, my man. Uh, hop out, hop back in. It's not connecting on your end. Tristan, hey, go Mike, ahead. Can you hear me? Okay, yes, sir. Good. Um, for everybody on here, um, with Kobe Covington and Leon and Kobe talking about Leon's dead father and stuff like that, like the sense of game, man, is just shout out and listen shout out to you mike shout out to kamaro usman shout out to wonder boy shout out to gsp like nothing is off limits man they they kind of listen i think shannon sharp said it best when you go low you go to the basement and and that's how that's how the fucking works man there's nothing is off limits as long as i could get a reaction out of you that's all that matters because I need you kobe's like i need you to pay plop down at 80 bucks so you could watch me fight and I could get uh, pay-per-view points and things of that nature. It's the fight game, and nothing's off limits. Religion, it doesn't matter. And it took me some time to understand this. Like, oh, like, you know, and I used to get upset about this, and it would draw me a reaction in the way how Kobe does. But, man, Kobe is just like, man, I'm going with this gimmick. Whether you whether you responded to it negatively or positively, I'm getting a reaction out of you, and that's all I care about, right? And Jed, Jed talked about it on BTL. He's like, it's not good, but... But yeah, got a reaction out of you, and he's like, "Oh man, I don't, I don't. I hope he doesn't become champion. Because if he becomes champion, it's gonna be like, hey man, that's how it works. This is the fight game. It's just, and it's just like the, it's just like the WWE. Like when, when, when the Attitude Era. I remember the situation where, I think it was Edge, Matt Hardy, and Lita. That whole situation, and it was real life. And the WWE was like, "Yo, let's let's make this into a, a storyline." In our um in our organization, and it worked. You were plopping down, watching Raw, watching SmackDown, watching like, yo, what's gonna happen? I can't believe this is happening. And and but that's how the ratings went up, man. And that's how WWE in that Attitude Era was one of the best uh best eras in WWE in wrestling history. So you know, people got to understand that it's just that he's doing. Kobe's gonna do whatever he can to get a reaction out of you. And for you to watch him, watch his fights, whether it's positive or negative, and that's what it is. That's why, and even it was it was kind of surprising to see Shaheen and Damian Martin draw a reaction because I know they know. And listen, in reality, it's awful. I'm not saying what Kobe's saying is awful. That's not you don't do that, but it's just the game, man. I see, I saw it, and I just shrugged my shoulders like, all right. 
or you know, or like if you look at Kamara Usman, Kamara Usman and Wonderboy did best, man. They, I never forget that. Like Kamara Usman was looking at the TV when um, Kobe was saying all those racist things live on TV, <laughs> and it was really bad and really really bad. And what did Kamara Usman do? He just laughed. He just like I broke your jaw, man. <laughs> just laughed. He kept laughing the whole entire time because when those two fought after that octagon. What did um, Kobe say? Yo, you know, you know, I didn't mean any of that. It's all business. <laughs> and Kobe and Kamara was like, "All right, man, cool." And that's that's the thing about it. Wonderboy had a great reaction. Just laugh because Stephen Wonderboy Thompson knows. <laughs> he's just talking, dude. I know what he's trying to do. It is what it is. Shrug my shoulders and be like, "All right," because again, there's no limits to the fight game. And that's all I gotta say about that. Thanks, Mike. Look, you're not wrong that nothing's off limits in the fight game, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. Can you imagine if, like, Draymond Green went to an NBA press conference and said that about somebody he had an issue with on the court? Can you imagine that? What do you, you, you think? You think Adam Silver would have been like, nah, man, we got. 400 maniacs here in the NBA and in the developmental program. All's fair. No. Draymond would be fucking suspended and fined. And same thing for Major League Baseball, the NFL, all of those sports. There are repercussions when you say shit like that. In this sport, and in the UFC in particular, there is... You're right. There is no... There's no line, essentially, that cannot be crossed when it comes to trash talk and fight promotion. But at the same time, doesn't mean everybody has to like it. And Dana White can come out there and be like, oh, you're a bunch of pussies and all that stuff. And, you know, stop being such a sensitive person or whatever. And, and I've seen comments like that, too. But it doesn't mean, like, everybody has to like it. We understand that no one's going to get punished for it. And that's fine. But it doesn't mean like everybody has to like it either. And we all understand, Tristan, where what this is. We all get it. We saw it with Connor and Habib. We saw it. Nothing was off limits. The darkest moment in the history of the sport was when Connor threw the dolly at the bus and almost ruined an entire pay-per-view event. And what do they do to promote the Connor McGregor versus Habib Magomeda fight? They showed that clip over and over and over again. So you're right. There are there probably is not a line that, that, that can be crossed when it comes to fight promotion in the UFC. Totally understand. And fine. Like I've accepted that too, but it doesn't mean as a person that I have to like it. Doesn't mean that Shaheen has to like it. Doesn't mean that Damon has to like it. Doesn't mean that anybody has to like it. If you like it, fine. I'm not going to sit there and criticize you for that. But if you criticize other people, I'm not saying you're doing this, Tristan, but if other people are criticizing other people for being like, yeah, dude, that was a little too much. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Like you have, you can have your opinion all you want. You can think it's great trash talk and I'm not going to sit there and be like, fuck you, dude, you're an asshole. It's just not like, I'm not going to come on here and say that. But if I feel like it's over the line, fine. Like that's my opinion. That's my opinion. If I would like to watch the sport where there's trash talk, but we avoid dead parents. Like, I'm cool with that. And you want to bring up pro wrestling, yeah, the, the Edge, Hardy, Lita thing, that's one thing. But it's not a dead parrot. They've tried dead parrot things in pro wrestling. 
There's two that I can think of off the top of my head. One was an ECW, and this wasn't a dead parent. This was, uh, they were doing a 10 bell salute for Tommy Dreamer's grandfather, and Just Incredible came out, interrupted it, and basically told Tommy Dreamer, and I'm just paraphrasing here, I wish it was you instead of your dead grandfather. Like, said that, even the ECW fans are like, fuck this guy. And that place is just like, they don't give a shit about anything. And then WWE tried to do it too. I don't know if you're an old school pro wrestling fan. Big Show's dad died and like the big boss man like made fun of him for it and like went to his dad's grave and like tied his gravestone to a truck and like ripped it out of the ground. Like no one was like, oh, this is great. I got to buy In Your House Salvation now because, ooh, Big Show's going to give box, boss man his comeuppance. They're just like, why are we doing this? Why? You know what I mean? But again, just to, to reiterate what I said before, if you liked it, cool. Like if, if, if because of that, you're plopping 80 bucks down to watch Colby versus Leon, okay. I ain't going to judge you for it. But at the same token, if, we have, if someone has an issue with it, don't call them pussies and soy boys and all this shit. We're allowed to have opinions, just like I'm, and most of us will allow you to have yours. If you like it, great. If that's what draws you to the sport, fine. But it doesn't have to be like that for everybody. We don't have to be like, oh, that's a cold line, Colby. You know what I mean? So however you feel about it, fine. But not for me. Not for me, and that's okay. Timmy, do we have you now? All right, can you hear me? Now I got there you. There we go. Damn. All right, so question. Uh, before this week started, the the I guess the test for Ian Gary was to see if he could get past this week without any uh, trials and beat uh, his opponent. But now that he's pulled out, do you think this is a failure of a week for him? Because I do. Thank you. Is it a failure? Man, it's it's a really interesting question because, like, the first thing I think of is, like, no, because you can't control being sick and all that. And like I said, like, I, I saw, like, I saw the comments on BTL and all the stuff that he didn't want any part of it and all this shit. And look, again, the people who are saying he was sick and talking to people I've talked to who told me he was sick, dude's sick, man. Like, the flu and then he got pneumonia and that his kid got it too or – it seemed like he did. Like, come on. Like, give the kid a fucking break. Like, I know he says some some things that not everybody agrees with, but the guy is pneumonia. Like, he can't fucking fight. The dude can't fight. At the same token, I kind of understand the question because sick or not, man, the, the fight was built up so much because of these headlines and the story was about Ian and if he could overcome the adversity that it's almost like, I don't think it's a failure. I just think it's somewhat disappointing to a lot of people that like, we're not going to get the answer to that. And who knows what they do now? I thought it was super simple just to rebook Luke a versus just do Luke a versus Holland. Cause Holland wanted that fight. Luke a wanted it too. Kind of surprised he didn't do it. So that just tells me they're just going to go ahead and rebook this one. I saw some people like, Oh, they could just fight in January. I don't know, man. Pneumonia sucks. I've had it. 
I've had double pneumonia. That was like the worst couple of weeks of my life. It was horrible. It was fucking terrible. It, you don't come back from pneumonia super fast. So maybe they do it in Miami. I think that would make a lot of sense. Maybe you push it back to March, throw it on the Miami card. Luke A lives not that far from there. Train's not that far from there. Gary's got ties to that area too. Be an interesting spot to host that fight. So <sighs> failure, I'm not going to say, but I get the question. Get the question. I don't know. Timmy, you got more you want to add to this? Uh, one more thing I forgot to say was uh, Evans uh, posted a video. I remember back when uh, Ian versus uh, Neil was going to happen, and Neil pulled out because he had an injury, and then Ian called him a pussy, whatever. So with that also factored in, and this situation and, you know, the whole uh, tabloid news with his family, it, like, to be honest, like, you know, if Neil's a pussy for pulling out, then he's kind of a pussy for pulling out. But, again, I'm not a fan of Ian Gary with all his, uh, with all his, with all, with all the things he he's done to promote his fights. So I'm coming from a biased point of view, but that's just, yeah, that's just it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of an interesting point too. Yeah. I still, I'm still not going to say failure, but it's not a great look all at all. Like it just isn't like, he's just getting shredded and it's just not, it's not gonna get any better for him. Like I think this is probably this this might be worse than him losing, honestly. Like in the aftermath of all of this. Like if he goes out there and look like if he went out there and lost a decision to Luke, like he's gonna get some shit for it for a few days, and then we're just gonna kind of move on to the next thing. But this I think he's just gonna I think he's gonna have to live with this one for a little longer. So I think this one's gonna actually sting more and last longer than if he just went out and lost to Luke. So I do get where you're coming from. It is an interesting question. It's definitely an interesting question, but again, you can have your opinion about this. And what can I say? Four corner sports. Go ahead. Hey Mike. So I know nobody has talked about it and you're right. Uh, this, this is one fight that, uh, that nobody really has cared to, to mention. But there's two fights on the card that I that has really got my attention. It is uh, Dustin Jacoby versus um, what's it called, uh, Alonzo Menafield, and then it's also the Coleman event. I'm very I'm very intrigued uh, first with the Jacoby versus Menafield fight, just because um, I feel like Menafield is you know brewing onto something. I feel like he can you know get himself higher you know in the echelon of the light heavyweight division. How do you uh, predict that fight goes about? Um, and I heard, I saw on Tapology that that thing got moved up to the featured uh, pre prelim. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Um, and then as for the the Coleman event, I, there's no way that I see this fight making the cards just because how crazy and how, um, what's it called, the uh, high paced both fighters are. Um, who do you feel has the advantage on, um, if the fight actually goes past the two and a half, um, what's it called, mark that DraftKings um, has for the over/under? 
All right. That's all I got to say. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, co-main event rules is probably going to be the fight of the night. I would say if there are betting odds on what the fight of the night is, this is probably minus 800. Like, it's flying under the radar, but I think it's flying under the radar because people just know it's going to be a banger. Like, in, in the most respectful way possible. Like, this fight's not going to steal headlines. It's just going to deliver. That's why this was Aljamain Sterling, Piotr Jan won on paper. Because we were talking about you know, the main event of that card had like a ton of storylines, but everyone's like, damn, dude, like Aljo versus John, there's like no hype for this fight, but it's going to rule. Who knew it was going to end the way that it did and change the narrative of that rivalry completely? And maybe the entire career trajectory of Aljamain Sterling as we know it, as he won the belt that night via disqualification. But there's no way that this fight becomes that. I just don't see a world where that happens. If it goes on, if it goes past the two and a half, I have to favor Pantoja because he's been there. He just did it with with Brandon Moreno. Went twenty five minutes with a really good dude and just kind of beat the hell out of Brandon Moreno for being honest. So I, I think the longer it goes, the more it favors Pantoja because he has the experience there. I just don't think it gets that far. I saw, I, I, I heard like a, I listened to a couple podcasts and they're like, oh yeah, this is gonna go to the cards like every flyweight title fight. I'm like, Are you sure? Brandon Royval doesn't go to the cards all that often. <laughs> very, very rarely. Uh, and Pantoja, as of late, doesn't go to the cards all that often either. I know he just did, but this fight's going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild. I'm super curious to see what Royval looks like. And we want to talk about fighters who kind of like lost a little momentum. Like, I, And this isn't even fair. Pantoja, like, coming out of the uh, UFC 290, I mean, he was the bell of the ball. The, the post-fight interview, Dad, are you proud of me now? Like, the, hearing his story and everything that happened, like, he had a lot of momentum. And then j- that's just what the sport is like. The sport is just crazy, and it moves so quickly. But that fight's going to be awesome. And uh, I have a bet. I have a bet under two and a half on that fight. I have uh, actually placed all my bets yesterday. I might have to add a little something to it because we lost the Randy Brown uh, Muslim Salikov fight. If you guys listen to No Bets Bar, they cooked up a a very spicy over one and a half parlay. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Jumped all over it. Now I have to try to find a new leg for it. But I might just let it ride, and maybe I'll just build a second one so I don't have to cash out of it. But Edwards, Colby, Shafgat, Wonderboy, Patty, Tony, Randy Brown, Muslim, Salikoff, Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell, Adana, Hosa, Garbrandt, Kelleher, all over one and a half, paid out a plus 900. I think there's a strong chance that happens. The other fight, yes, looking at UFC.com, Menefield Jacoby does move up to the featured spot. I think it's the line, the betting lines are perfect. Dustin Jacoby minus 270, I think it says. Minus 270, the comeback on Menafield plus 220. Perfectly lined. Perfectly lined. Jacoby is so durable. He's really tough. Dude went 15 minutes with Coleo Roundtree. Dude survived hell against Iwan Kuchalaba. This is like psychopath Iwan. Dude is 
super tough to get out of there. And I feel like that's the only chance Alonzo has to win this fight is if he gets just dusted out of there quickly. This fight goes long. I think Jacoby's just going to piece him up. Um, I think we go to the cards. I got Jacoby uh, winning by decision. That's what I have. All right. I love the pace here. You guys are killing it. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, let's get Ani in here, and then we'll go to crypto. Hello, Mike. Ani, do we have you? Yes, Hello, yes. I was just waiting to not interrupt you. Uh, I really like the conversations I've heard so far. And uh, before I lose my train of thought, let me uh, start with the one thing that I think I disagree with you with. UFC 295 press conference, I mean, for me personally, it wasn't that boring. And, you know, another thing that you might find crazy when I tell you is I also didn't find UFC 267. Uh, if you remember, UFC 267, Jan Blahovic versus Glover Teixeira, uh, that press conference. It, I found that a bit wholesome as well. But with UFC 295, I think it was just competitive. Uh, you know, it, there was no trash talk. It was just competitive exchange of dialogue you know what i mean and that that's what i like i also like trash talk but you know man sometimes i just feel that uh, all these mma fighters they just it's just unfair to them that rather than just having to fight in the cage they have to deal with all of this but hey like it sometimes it entertains us i did enjoy the press conference but it, a few parts were just a bit too much but as they say it's fair game and i'm not sure you know if but i'm not going to repeat all of it again so that was there and i think the people who think colby has crossed the line with leon i really want to know what their thoughts are about you know, everyone speaking about Ian Gary's wife. I know, like, all the antics that Ian Gary has pulled, all the things that he has done, uh, but you're still talking about someone's partner, like, who you want to share your life with, and that is getting personal as well. I'm pretty sure they'll say that what Colby's doing is right, but what 
we are doing to Ian Gary is wrong, which doesn't quite add up. And um, um, I'm excited for Pantoja versus Royval too. And uh, AK, I know you're listening. You've denied me my Otno point, but that's all right. I'm coming for the next one. Like he denied me my point, Mike. He denied me my point. Anyway, um, that's all I had in mind. Um, I'm looking forward to the fights then. Thanks, brother. Yeah, look, I, I think the Gary stuff's over the line too. But again, if you like it, if you think it's great trash talk, good for you. Like that, that's uh, fine. Not for me. Especially with him not there to kind of defend himself at the same time. But look, Ian's done some things. I, I get it. If you if you love it, fine. Pantoja Royval is gonna be great. And the 295 press. It's not that the 295 presser was bad. I mean, it was kind of boring, but there's just no energy. You know what I mean? Like going back and like thinking about it, I don't even know if there are people there. You know what I mean? Like the crowd like brings something to it, like at least some buzz. And that one just seemed like it was 20 media members and the fighters. No Dana, no nothing. And I like I, I like Anik up there, more so than Dana at those press conferences. I think Anik should do all of them. I really do. But there you go. And but I'll, I'll bring my best friend in, but let me just say this real quick about the Otno point. Uh, if my best friend is denying you an Otno point and you're coming to me to try to reverse that decision, I ain't doing it. I would never do that to you, my best friend, ever. Ever, AK. Yeah, I, I don't want to take up too much time here, Mike. Uh, Ani, we love you. <laughs> we love you. But, Mike, do you want to know the circumstances? I don't know why he would bring this up on the show. Do you want to know oh, the no. circumstances under which the point was denied? Yes, I would love yeah, to. I'll, I'll read the DM exchange here. And, again, uh, Ani, love you. But you got to – why would you bring this up? Uh, he wanted an auto point for – and this, this request came earlier this week. Uh, he won a nano point for Mackenzie Dern versus Jessica Andraj. And it's like, that fight happened a month ago. The moment has passed. It's like, you, oh, yeah. guys, come on. If you want. Oh, There's no retroactive, no retroactive. Auto points. Once a fight ends, you, you lose all no point winning abilities. Yeah, for, by all means, jump into the DMs and remind me, because I've definitely gotten very bad at keeping track of, of who has picked what fights and, and what, all that. But if it's a month later, Guys, I'm sorry. The, the Otno safe has closed. It, it is locked again. We got, we got to keep security tight around here. We can't just be throwing out points whenever we're going to ask for them and they miss their deadline. You got to get the paperwork in. You got to get the paperwork in. I, I, I Rules rule, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, you know my best friend. Thank you. Oh, sorry, buddy. Sorry. I thought I heard silence and I thought you were done. My bad. Uh, save your voice, AK. We need you. You're going to be talking a lot today. Of course, the UFC 296 live weigh-in show coming up at the top of the hour. And then AK is going to join us for the for the preview show as well. Which I think we're going to go live like right after the weigh-ins. I think we have it like tentatively scheduled for 2.30, but we might go a little bit sooner. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right, we got Crypto. We got Eric. Uh, and I think we're going to probably wrap there. We'll see. Crypto, what you got? 
Uh, all right, Mike, you wanted uh, rapid fire questions. So, but first one thing, uh, Mike, you didn't give me the amount of significant strikes earlier this week for Colby, the stat that I asked you about. So that's, that's point number one. And uh, I'll, I'll explain it to you. Uh, yeah, I'll send you a message why, why I'm asking about that. So I won't take up much time here. But my question for today, Mike, is um, if you're a Tony Ferguson fan, what is the best outcome uh, in the fight against Paddy? Because we all know that if Tony wins, especially if this becomes a violent fight, he won't retire. I mean, there is no good ending for Tony in the UFC. Let's be honest about this. This is not going to be a Robbie Lawler situation. So if you're a T Tony Ferguson fan and you really like Tony and you've enjoyed all the amazing fights he has brought us uh, in, in this last decade, so to say, uh, or, or even longer, actually, um, is the best outcome that Paddy wins a clear but a kind of competitive decision which might force uh, Tony to at least consider retiring. Is that actually the thing you should hope for if you're a Tony Ferguson fan? Because if he wins, Mike, this is just going to be a never-ending story until something really tragic happens. That's at least the way I see it. So, and don't forget the stats, Mike. Once again, I'm just going to remind you. <laughs> Have a great weekend, and thank you for, for all the work you do. Thanks, buddy. I'll say 141 strikes for Colby. That's all I'll say. Just willy-nilly. Best scenario for Tony fans. Because you're right. He goes out there and rinses Patty. He ain't going anywhere. Jed said on BTL yesterday, the best case scenario was Patty just running Tony over in the first round, like just clobbering him and just not, this fight's not competitive. Patty just rinses him in like 90 seconds. And then it's just kind of like, he has to do it. I think for me, I would like to see I would like to see these this be Tony's final fight. I think for me I would like to see Tony just in a blood and guts battle. And he just I, I think it's him going out there just having a fight of the night nominee with Patty and losing. Losing a decision like a super close decision or even like a I suppose like I'm trying to like compare what I'm kind of hoping for. Okay, Luke Rock. Remember when Luke Rockhold fought Paulo Costa? Like that fight was frigging ridiculous. It was like there's like no technical ambiance to it at all. It was just those two guys like just trying to beat the shit out of each other at high altitude, and Luke lost the fight, but delivered like a gutsy performance in a losing effort where people like applauded him. And then he got on the mic and said, I'm done. And it was like, we even said like, this is one of, this might've been the best retirement in MMA coming off of a loss we've ever seen. Cause it was like the perfect time. And of course, like two weeks later, Luke Rockhold's like, yeah, maybe I'll go bare knuckle box Mike Perry, which is a terrible idea. But had Luke just walked away, then it would have been perfect, perfect retirement. 
So something similar to that, I think, would be perfect. But again, I I I am concerned about like where Tony goes because I kind of feel like fighting is just everything to this guy. I mean, I know he's a dad and he's a family man and all that stuff too, but that's kind of what I hope for. And I think if that happens, Dan will be like, Hey, what else does this guy need to do for you all? Cause look, Tony's never fighting for a title. This ain't a wonder boy situation. This is, this is it. This is it. I mean, Tony going out there, getting a moment and not, like finishing Patty would be huge. The place is going to go crazy, but then we prolong this. And where do you go from there? Unless he's just like, I'll fight at UFC 300 and do one more. Then it all depends on the matchmaking. Do Jim Miller, do Joe Lozon, something of that nature. And then I'm okay with it. But if he says, um, he like finishes Patty and then says, Hey, Islam, I'm coming for you. Then I'm just be like, no, 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 no. Stop it. So we'll see. But that's, that's, that's what I would like to see. Eric, go ahead. Uh, Pantosha is not getting like the really respect in their name. They're not, they're not hyping that up, but that fight's going to be sick. And I think, Liam might be Colby by decision, but I don't know. So thanks, guys. Lose-lose for Tony? No. I mean, he can't fall much further, if we're being honest. So, it's I, I, I agree with Patty when he says it's probably lose-lose for him. Not complete. I don't know. It's tough to say. Because, again, I mean... You either love Patty or you hate him. And that's a good split. The 50-50 split that his manager talks about. 50% want to see him win. 50% want to see him lose. If you're going to be a a fighter that's going to make money for the long term, Patty's got something that could do that for him. But just a kind of a matter of time, and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I don't think it's a lose-lose for Tony. I think it's more of a lose-lose for Patty. Tony loses, like, hey, we knew, like, look at the betting lines. While, while most Tony fans are kind of prisoners of the moment, like, hey, you know, this is, and look, of all the options that are available to him, this is as good as it can get for Tony. It's a fight he could win, and it wouldn't shock us. It's a fight where, I mean, who knows? Patty could knock him out, but Patty isn't like a big knockout artist. Maybe he doesn't take a ton of damage. Maybe he just gets kind of dropped once and then gets tapped. You know what I mean? So, and Patty's a big name. Like, if you threw him in there with, like, Benoit Saint-Denis, this is so much worse. So much worse. But Patty, like, if Tony wins, like, we wouldn't, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But will we be watching that fight? Even if we feel like Tony's going to win, like through our fingers, in between our fingers, like hoping nothing terrible happens. Fuck yeah. I don't think anybody wants to see a Chris Gutierrez, Frankie Edgar moment tomorrow, but that could also happen. So yeah, lose, lose, no for Tony. 
because people are expecting him to lose anyways. Uh, Octagon blog, final thoughts. Go ahead, sir. How are you doing? Uh, Wonderful. Yes. Uh, I'd like to talk about uh, Ian Gary. There's a lot of things going on behind the scene around this uh, athlete. Uh, he tried to act. Uh, his wife is very aggressive. I'd like to hear your take, Mike, because uh, this is a good sign because the media is paying too much attention to his private life. Uh, we are uh, fans of uh, MMA and the martial arts sports. And it becomes too much gossip. So I'd like to hear your take as a reporter. Thank you and good luck. Yeah, look, I, I've talked about this enough. I'm really, I mean, like I said, I, I Ian's always been really good to me. His wife's always been really good to me. They've both been very nice. They have, I have no issue with them. Um, I don't know anything. So, I mean, what can I, what can I say? What can I say? That's part of the reason why I was like so looking forward to this fight was just to see like how Ian could bounce back from this. Like we saw the hype video, you know, a message to my haters, and now the fight's not happening. We're just not going to get those answers. We're going to have to wait a while for them. But like, look, I, I mean, I, I on all these shows, I haven't touched any of that stuff. It's none of my business. I, mean, I ain't going to go there. When it comes to the gym stories and stuff, totally get it. Totally get it. Leon saying that, look, we told him to leave. He was late for practices. Never showed up on time. Didn't show up on time. Brought cameras into the building. Like, that's a problem. I totally get it. Totally get it. All of that, totally get it. But the personal stuff, the family, I ain't touching it. Haven't touched it. I'm not going to. So... Uh, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. So we'll see what happens at the end and if we get bounced back. Uh, Tristan had a comment. Just want to let you know, it was not my intention to go after Damon and Shaheen about their right on how to feel. You're right. I apologize. Came up. Just want to let everybody... No, I, I never said that. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, I never said you were doing that. Never said you were doing that. I was I was actually taking it in a different direction because I was some I was agreeing with you that there is no line. There is no line. All is fair in fight promotion. That's how the UFC has based their business. They don't care about any of that stuff. They really don't. We're 600 maniacs. This is the fight business. This is how it is. That's the UFC stance on all of this. I will pr pretty much guarantee you that after the event, Dane is going to be asked about that line in particular, and that's what he's going to say verbatim. Look, I don't give a shit. It's free speech. You can say whatever you want. This is fight promotion. These are all fucking maniacs. So he's going to say. So you're right. But to me, I don't have to like it. And if you like it, great. That is your prerogative, and I ain't going to shit on you for it. But if someone doesn't like it, don't shit on them. You like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. That's how it should be. You're never going to hear me say to anybody who calls it, oh, Colby, 
Colby killed it at the press conference. A plus, love the Leon line. I'm not going to be like, you're a piece of shit. I'm going to say, okay, that's your opinion. Not for me. And that's fine. All right, we'll get one more in there. Uh, do we have Halsmer? Hey, hello. Hello. Uh, who do you think will be next for the title shot if uh, Leon Edwards manages to beat Kobe Cullen this weekend? Probably. God, I mean, it's tough. I'm going to say Bilal Muhammad because I think I think Leon like if he if Leon wins his next fight is probably going to be in the UK. I know there's Dana talked to TNT Sport about expanding the UK run past London, maybe going to Manchester. I guess Manchester's building a new arena that's opening in April. If the UFC goes there in June or July, it doesn't matter who Leon fights. You could throw him in there with, with anybody. Throw him in there with Bilal. That's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. It's all about Leon and, and, and that fan base. That's what it is. So I'm going to say Bilal. I understand that Shavkat could make a very compelling case. I also understand that Wonderboy could make a very compelling case as well if he goes out there and knocks out Shavkat. But man, if if Wonder Boy wins and then jumps over Bilal and gets a title shot, like Jesus Christ! I mean, it'd be kind of—I don't know. I was gonna say it'd be kind of funny, but it's not at this point. Like, what else is Bilal to do at this point? Like, Jesus, what else does this man have to do? Just give him a shot. Come on. But if you do it in London, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's Shafkat. Doesn't matter if it's Colby. Doesn't matter who it is. It could be Wonderboy. It could be anybody. Throw him in there with Bilal. He'll look like a star. You throw Tom Aspinall in the co-main event to defend the interim heavyweight title against whoever. Maybe the Jelted Almeida Curtis Blades winner. And then we go from there. If Colby wins, boy, oh, boy. That's where things could get super weird. But kind of talking myself into things on BTL yesterday, the UFC is going to Miami. If Leah, if Colby was willing to turn around and fight in March and headline, maybe Bilal does get a shot. If Col- because Colby gets the headline in March in Miami. Maybe. But if that isn't on the table, then I don't think... Uh, I don't think Bilal's going to get it, but we shall see. All right. I see two of you lined up. This is going to be the last two. Make it super duper quick. All right. Looks like you just have one. Viking, close this out, my man. Go ahead, Viking. Um, I have been so boring lately, and today is not going to be something new i lost my cat i used to i used to tell you pray for pray for him and i lost him yesterday i could have saved saved him but uh, i'm so sorry uh, so i just want to ask about your pet how 
since when do you have uh, your dog whatever his name is and how your bo- how's your bonding with your dog and how many years you have been living with your dog thanks a lot and take care of your pets guys you all are awesome then you never help and they are awesome they are part of a part of our life just take care of them your pets adopt them take care of them thank you mike please answer the question about your dog Uh, sorry to hear that Viking. Um, it's tough. Shiloh, the wonder dog. Uh, look, I, I was a guy who was never going to have a pet. Certainly was never going to have a dog. It was never going to happen. It was not, not that I didn't like dogs. Just wasn't a huge dog guy. Definitely not a cat guy. Um, it was never going to happen. And then I got to the point, like, uh, my son was kind of going through some shit. Um, it was COVID time. It was just kind of a weird time where he just wasn't really, like, playing with kids just because he couldn't. In Massachusetts, like, Massachusetts was so tough on all the laws and everything. And then, like, the street we lived on, there just wasn't a lot of kids his age. So we were just like, oh, we got to, like, give him something to do so we could, like, play with something. Uh, so we started looking into maybe getting a dog to like kind of boost him up a little bit and give him like some more social stuff and took a while. Um, we ended up, I ended up stumbling on Shiloh on a website and I was just like looking at the description. I'm like, this is like too good to be true. Sounds too good to be true, but let's see what we can do. And then we went out and visited him and. I fell in love with them immediately. Uh, my son really liked them. My wife was not so sure uh, because it's a, it's a big responsibility. And like my whole thing was, if if we're gonna do this, like it's got to be like his dog almost. Uh, and then we adopted him, and the rest is history. But it, it's funny when I was like, this can't be my dog. Now it's my dog. Like it has been my dog from Jump Street. Um, he's the best. Like he is the best. I can't imagine life without him. Now we've had him for two and a half years. Don't know what the breed is. I don't know how old he is. Um, he's a mystery dog and he's the best. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's just I, I tell people this all the time. Like his only issue is that he loves us too much. Like we can't leave him alone at all. He freaks out. Um, when I do all my work, when I do all of my shows, I'm in Florida right now, so I'm not with the dog, but I would say 95% of the heck of the mornings that I did this year, dog's laying right next to me. He's got his little bed right, right in the studio, right in the office, just sitting right next to me. He's, he's the best. Um, yeah, I think he's four. Someone abandoned him. I don't know if he escaped, but he was, uh, he was a stray, survived, ended up in New York, and we ended up getting him, and the rest is history. But 
he will be the last dog I ever have. I'm pretty confident in that. Pretty confident in that. Uh, Lady Die, hello. Are you there? Hey, I'm coming. Hey, how are you? There you are. <laughs> Good are you? morning, you guys. Good to stumble onto your live here, your spaces. Um, I'm in Colorado. I'm in my 60s and uh, have a son that's a, a sports anchor in El Paso, Texas, but was raised here in Colorado, Denver area. But anyway, um, I just want to speak to the guy feeling so sad about his dog real quick because you know what? We just drove from Denver to Amarillo, Texas to get a puppy for the dog we have because as you know dogs get old and they die and you have to put them down so we had a black lab that we had to put down and then uh the next one was um my husband drove over the road for years and so he got a schnauzer to go with him and then we put her just recently put her down so before she died we got a another one a schnauzer so they are so cute, you know, but okay. So then what happens is we have a little boy and he is all boy. I mean, I swear to God, he's, he's like you guys. I mean, just that way. Well, we just picked up this little puppy that's nine weeks old. Colt, Colt. Hey, no, come here, Lib. Come here, Liberty. Come on, Lib. Libby. Anyway, um, it was the best thing we could have done. So I wanted to ask you, how was your, uh, when you did get your dog, a little friend? Because that's what we did. It's like, that's his baby sister. And they are just, it's been four or five days now. And uh, yeah, kind of fun. So that helps to have the two, you know, have a friend. And then we can handle it better. Yeah. Well, thank you. So we've been actually kind of thinking about that. Um, we had a visit with the dog. Uh, it didn't really work. They didn't really mesh too well. Um, I told the story about how I was, I was working out at, at my CrossFit gym and I was doing uh, wall walks and a little, what I thought was a straight little mini Shiloh. Uh, just licked my face. Imagine doing a wall walk. You're upside down and you're getting your face licked. And I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? Uh, and it was just this little dog and we took him home. And they got along okay. But then we found the owner and it didn't end up happening. So we are looking about at it. It's just a lot of work. It's just a lot of work. Like my wife is super busy. I'm super busy. Um... Uh, it's, it's just, I don't know if we have like the time for a second dog, but it would possibly make life easier if we have to like go out and run around for a couple of hours. I don't know, but we are, we're looking into it kind of casually, but I would say probably won't happen, but we'll see. But thank you for sharing that. Uh, Hosmer, go ahead, and then we got to go. Uh, it was just so the Stephen Thompson and Shavkat Rachmanov fight. Do you think once uh, if Leon beats Kobe and then uh, Bilal takes a fight with Leon, 
that Ian Gary could possibly take the winner of Shavkat versus Thompson and then they might get a title shot from whatever fight comes from that? Mm, probably not. Could they could they pivot to Wonder Boy if he loses? Maybe. But I think they're just going to rebook the Luke fight. I, that fight just makes perfect sense. Like that's a that's the next sort of step up. A boy Ian could have the traction Ian could have gotten, even with the negative press. If he went out there and just dusted up Vicente Luque tomorrow, golly, that would have been something. That would have been something, especially with the whole. Like, literally, like Jed laid it out perfectly. The whole press conference would have been about Ian. That's all anybody would have been talking about coming out of that press conference was Ian. He's the focal point. Both both main eventers and three or four other guys. And then he goes out and if he dusted up Luke, holy smokes. He would have gotten so much play. He might even have jumped the line. Like it, it, If Leon called for Ian and did it in Manchester, geez louise. Could have happened, but... Not going to happen this time. All right, we got to go. Uh, thank you all. We went a little longer than I thought we are going to go, but that's totally fine. And we got the weigh-in show, live weigh-in show coming up in about five minutes on the YouTube channel. So go check that out. See how everything's going. See who's first on the scale, all that fun stuff, all the weigh-in drama we could probably get. Shortly after the weigh-ins end, uh, we'll be live for the preview show for UFC 296. Myself, AK, Jed Mishu. We'll get you all fired up. And then uh, I get to hop in the car and drive to Orlando for Jake Paul versus Andre August. There'll be the UFC 296 ceremonials. We'll have that on MA Fighting. We'll have the seasonal press conference. That will be on MA Fighting. And then uh, once Jake Paul, Andre August ends... We'll get all the scrums and then uh, drive to the airport, get ready to hop on a plane to New York for the watch party, baby. UFC 296 watch party. So excited. The cold open for the UFC 296 watch party is incredible. It is incredible. Uh, I'm told I may be able to tease it, maybe preview it, maybe even just throw it on social media later on. Just waiting for final word. Uh, it is going to be the most festive watch party you've ever seen in your life. Uh, I, we're doing the, the ugly sweaters. My sweater is the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. So I'm super excited. But strap in. Buckle up. We're going for a ride. UFC 296 coming up tomorrow. I can't wait. Thank you all so much. We'll be back on this program Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll do it again. Get ready for the weigh-in show on our YouTube channel. Have a great rest of your Friday, and have a heck of a morning, everybody. Media Podcast Network. 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 